Hey guys, welcome into another edition of the Eighth Wonder Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Josh Reese, Mr. Joshua, as you can find me on Twitter. I would appreciate the follow if you do. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, this is a Houston Astros only podcast. All we talk about here is Houston Astros and their news. It's a fairly underserved sport here in Houston, so I'm trying to give them the due respect that they deserve, especially considering that the year they're going to be having this year. Woo boy! It should be a pretty good season for the Astros this year. But I would like to thank you all for listening. Uh, a couple quick plugs to get out of the way. Of course, plug myself. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Joshua. But I mentioned that earlier. Uh, you can also find this podcast on iTunes by typing in the Eighth Wonder Podcast. Uh, I'd appreciate that. Click subscribe and give leave me a comment. Make sure to rate this sucker five stars. I would appreciate it. Uh, you can also find uh, my Houston Astros stories up on uh, hamiltonway.blogspot.com. I would appreciate uh, you checking out my stuff there. I've got a lot of good uh, Astros nuggets up, and I know I have a few more uh, up this week. But today's podcast uh, is going to be a talk with Jeff Luno. Uh, he talked at the annual media luncheon a little bit uh, earlier uh, last week, and I saved that conversation. Uh, so we'll let you listen to uh, some of the thoughts that Jeff Luno had uh, coming into spring training, which is tomorrow for people listening on Monday. Uh, but regardless, pitchers and catchers are reporting very soon. Uh, position players reporting very soon after that. And our very first spring training game is only weeks away. I know people can't wait. It's very exciting. This time of the year, it's filled with budding, uh, not curiosity, budding optimism. Because this season should be a very wild ride for the Houston Astros. But before we get into our topic today, which is uh, going to be talking uh, with Jeff Luno and uh, just uh, recapping the stuff that Jeff Luno had to say, uh, we're going to talk about the news that happened um, this past weekend. Just some stuff that's come up that I've uh, that I had my eye out for. Uh, so we'll chit-chat about that for a second. So the Houston Astros avoided arbitration with Marwin Gonzalez. Their super-duper utility man plays every position outside of catcher and pitcher. Although, don't be surprised if he eventually adds catcher to his resume one day. Um, but... Uh, so per the Chronicle, uh, Jay Kaplan of the Chronicle, Gonzalez will make $3.725 million this season. Uh, and apparently under the terms of settlement, he's going to have a club option next year for $5.125 million. Um, and if the club uh, does not or, or if the club does not pick up the option and take him back through the arbitration process, will the Astros go through one more time? before Margot is a free agent. So, I mean, it's it's a good deal for Marwin. He's making a pretty penny. He's does a hell of a lot of things for the Astros. Not too entirely sure if he's going to be worth the $5.125 million next year, but you know what? If he does what he did last year, just go ahead and pay the man. Give the man his money. Uh, there's no cap in baseball, so it really doesn't matter how much you pay Marwin Gonzalez. Um, 
or rather I said, it doesn't matter how much you spend on the team. You can let Marwin Gonzalez make $5.215 million. I don't think very many people on the team would uh, blink an eye at it uh, just because of all the things that he does for the team. There's a hell of a lot of them. Uh, so the other thing uh, that came up this week was Colin McHugh has not avoided arbitration, and they are now waiting for the arbitration ruling. Uh, again, per the Chronicle story uh, from Jay Kaplan, he is asking for $3.85 million, and the Astros are trying to have him agree to a contract of $3.35 million. The $500,000 or whatever, it's it's always so weird to me. I mean, like, is it really that big of a deal? Especially when you're spending so much money on so many other things, but... Um, I mean, it, it just is what it is in arbitration ruling. Sometimes it is the $500,000. It is a big deal. But I don't really see a problem if Colin McHugh ends up getting the full $3.85 million. I think he should. Uh, for two seasons for the Astros, he's been one of the team's best pitchers. Last year, uh, he was probably their most consistent pitcher. Uh, Keuchel, Keuchel was on and off. Lance McCullers was great, but he did not pitch the full season. Um, and then you had um, Doug Doug Fister, who was who started the season very well, um, but then just kind of uh, fell off a cliff towards the end of the year. But Colin McHugh was pretty much he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He had a couple bad outings, but. F- Overall, for the entire season, he was the Astros' most consistent pitcher. And the year before, when the Astros made the playoffs, he was probably their third best pitcher. He's worth whatever whatever he's asking, as long as it's not like an insane amount of money. But I mean, if you're gonna give um, Charlie Charlie, um, oh Jesus, drawing a blank on names today, uh, whatever the guy they signed in the the off season, Charlie Char- Charlie Morton, Jesus. Names are names are coming and going for on me today. But if you're going to sign Charlie Morton for two years and fourteen million or whatever it is, you can give Colin McHugh three point eight five million. It's it's no big deal. I would feel no problem if 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 McHugh made that money, and I hope he gets his I hope he gets his dollar bills. He's uh he's certainly owned it. I would trust Colin McHugh more than I would trust Charlie Morton. Um, again, I'm not the the closest of Charlie Morton watchers. Um, but I've seen a couple of his games, and I've never really been impressed with what he brings. Um, so, uh, with our last bit of mo- news, with our last bit of news before we move on over into uh, Jeff Luno and uh, hearing his thoughts, uh, I just saw this one. It kind of crossed my eye this weekend. Uh, apparently, Chris Carter, ex Astro, this is Astros related, ex Astros Chris Carter is uh, going to be joining the uh, Bronx Bombers. He's going to be playing in New York City, where the stars are brightest and where they're going to love all 40 of Chris Carter's home runs, but they're going to hate all 225 of his strikeouts. It'll be interesting to see how Chris Carter fits on the Bronx Bombers, but um, you'll be seeing a lot more of him than you saw uh, last year when he played for the Milwaukee Brewers. And he did a decent job for the Brewers. He he is what he is. He hits a bunch of home runs, and he hit a bunch of home runs for the Brewers last year. Um, so I don't expect that to change. Um, but it'd be nice to see Chris Carter some more. And uh, uh, as long as he doesn't hit home runs against the Astros, which he could, um, but he never really seemed to enjoy hitting at Minute Maid, so I guess it really doesn't matter. Um, but 
It'll be interesting to see him in the AL East. They've got a couple big bombers over there. So uh, that's pretty much all I had for news. Uh, I appreciate everyone for uh, watching on the YouTube edition. Feel free to check out uh, the rest of the interview that I'm going to have with Jeff Luno on the podcast. So I appreciate you guys for checking this out. But we're going to go ahead and move on over to our podcast topic of the day. And uh, we'll let you listen to what Jeff Luno had to say. And uh, after that, we'll come back and we'll just kind of break down uh, uh, point by point uh, everything that he talked about. So uh, I will shut my mouth and let you listen to Jeff Luno. We've come a long way since 2012. I mean, it took us 10 years to get back to the playoffs, and we did it with some pretty exciting young players and some great performances. But we've got to build around that young core. And the fact that we were able to make the investments in the, in the free agents and through the trades without giving up a lot of our farm system is uh, a position that a lot of general managers wish they could be in. But because we started with relatively low payroll and have been increasing every year, we've, been, we've had the luxury of being able to follow that approach. It can't go on indefinitely. At some point, we're going to have to essentially rely on other resources to acquire players. But right now, we're in a good spot. And we're probably going to have roughly a, a league average payroll this year for the first time in a while. And I think that's uh, that's going to continue to increase, and and that helps. You need you know you need wool, uh, you need fuel to uh, fuel the fire, and um, we've got we've got plenty of resources right now. You mentioned Guriel up there. Do you mention, do you view this as a big spring for him, given you know yeah. he continues to adjust to the, the daily grind and also a new position for him too? For yeah, him. It, it it will be. He'll be playing. Um, Still on the dirt, so it's a different side of the infield than what he's used to. But he showed us last year, I think, that he's very capable defensively. And, you know, he got his knocks when, when he was out there. And it didn't matter uh, if the guy was throwing 97 or 87. He was able to make contact. So, um, you know, you never know how players are going to transition from a different league, international league, over to Major League Baseball. But we've seen some good transitions from the Cuban League. And I think Yuli's going to be... Um, continue the success that he had at Cuba here here in the U.S. So I'm, I'm, I think it's, he's going to be an important part of our team this year. What are, some, um, what are some early questions that you want to figure out when you get to spring training? I think the first obstacle is make sure everybody's healthy, and so far it, everything looks good, but that's, that's uh, important for us. Um, sorting out, uh, I mean, really at this point, we sort of have a good idea this year more than ever before about who's going to be on the 25-man roster. Um, there's a few spots that are up for grabs, um, so it's really about how the whole group comes together. It's great during the off season that they've been communicating and um, everybody seems to be getting along, but when you put them all together in the clubhouse and we're in a new environment and we're playing games, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. Jeff, while you guys were talking, uh, it looks like the Rangers may have signed Napoli. Mm-hmm. AJ kind of joked about the Rangers, but I mean, the last two years, it's yeah. been you, it's been them, Seattle was better last year. Yeah. You guys can talk big, but it seems like winning that division, being no there is, is the first step for you guys to take. No doubt. And I expected the Rangers to have another uh, signing up their sleeve, and they've, they've brought in uh, three or four players that we think are going to help them. Um, but we've got to win our division, and the way we win our division is we beat the teams in our division. We did not do a good job of that last year uh, with the Rangers, uh, but I think we're going to, this is a different year. We've got a lot of new players on our club, and 
um, I, I'm feeling pretty good. We're, it's going to be a tough division. I don't think, you know, Los Angeles made some smart moves. Seattle's done a ton of trades. It's hard to recognize who's even on their team at this point. But, uh, and we know Texas is, is going to compete. They always do. And I, you really can't count out Oakland out either. They, they are sort of under the radar, but they show up and play hard. So, uh, But we need to win division games this year, and that'll happen. What can you do in spring training to uh, just make sure you get off to a better start? Is there anything, yeah. you know, analytically or you know, physiology? I don't think do? so. And really, I, what I said up on the stage, I think, makes a big difference is that AJ's going to have more weapons. I mean, last year, Carlos got off to a slow start. Colby got off to a slow start. But those were regular players, and there really wasn't anybody to take their spot. You know, this year, if someone gets off to a slow start, there's another, there's another player there, and you can give him a shot. Um, that plus, I think... There won't be any panic. And not that we were panicked last year, but it did s- sort of build up a little bit. There was a lot of, we weren't expecting that bad start. Nobody was. And once it happened, people were a little bit paralyzed. What do we do? Uh, I think with McCann and Beltran and some of the other veterans in there, they're going to say, hey, this is, this is part of the game. Let's just, let's, let's go win tonight and not worry about what, what the record is. So I think we have a better chance of, of surviving a, um, a downturn because we know the downturns are coming, hopefully not right out of the gate. Jeff, who is, could this year's Davinsky be, a guy that you didn't expect to be a main man? Well, yeah, there's a lot of choices. First of all, I think Davinsky hasn't, uh, hasn't reached his ceiling yet. I think he could be, continue to be a really important part of this team. So um, that, that's still out there. Uh, whether it's Martez or Paulino, Feliz, we've got a lot of young Latin arms that could be part of the bullpen or part of the rotation, depending upon how things go. Uh, and I, I do expect there'll be some starters that will step up. You know, Brady, Brady Rogers um, has a very similar profile in some respects to Keiko when he was going through our system. Doesn't throw hard, but gets outs and had a rough start to his major league career. But, you know, who knows? I'm not saying he's going to be Keiko, but um, you just never know where the guys are going to come from. Can you, can you guys accomplish what you want to this year with the rotation? I mean, even if Keiko bounces, you know, has a better year, McCuller stays healthy, or are you going to have to add someone at some point? I think it's a wait and see. If, if McCullers... Uh, is the healthy McCullers that we know and have seen, and Keuchel is closer to 14-15. Uh, um, we got two guys that can be in a playoff rotation. So the question is, you know, come come June, come July, we're going to have to take stock of where we are, and if we feel good about our chances of making the playoffs, what do we need to do to arm our team for that? But we've got time for that. So the most important thing is to get this group together, get off to a good start, and put some wins under our belt so we're not having to play catch up in June and July like we were last year. What would you be confident that you will get the Keiko at 14 or 15 more so than 16? He's a, he's a good pitcher. There's no question about that. And even last year he showed it at times. And he was uh, dealing with some um, health issues last year and that's why he got shut down at the end. Uh, he's um, feeling good, feeling confident. And, and I do think there's some... Um, after you have a incredible year like he did in 15 and he pitched more than he ever had pitched before, there's some natural um, regression to the mean, if you will. And um, we saw it with Corey Kluber, and then Corey Kluber came out uh, the second year after that and was back to Cy Young form. So um, that's what we're, we're hoping for. So, yeah, Jeff Luno had a lot of uh, good things to say, and it's always nice uh, listening to uh, the general manager uh, I especially liked uh, him talking about how how just how how the journey has been uh, throughout the years, and you know it's kind of been a wild ride, and uh, you know this year it's it's kind of the culmination of everything that he's finally been working for. You know, he kind of came in with this, you know, 
Uh, I, it wasn't like a five-year plan, but it might as well been. Uh, the, the SI story came out, you know, the Astros years, 2017. And while it always looked like, you know, it was kind of far away, this year it's finally coming true. I mean, this year could be the Astros uh, Astros year, and uh, Jeff Luno's plan is finally, uh, finally coming to fruition. And I think that you can see that uh, he's been doing a very good job because you saw that this, this season – uh, the owner Jim Crane kind of opened up the purse strings and uh, let J- Jeff Luno just go, uh, just go wild, signing, uh, signing and trading for so many different guys, uh, increasing the payroll so much, and that was something that was, you know, speculation all the time was like, you know, uh, the Astros are never gonna be that good of a team just because they have a, they have an owner that likes to penny pinch, uh, penny pinch, and he's never gonna spend any money. Well. He sure shut all you mofos up. Uh, he spent a lot of money this offseason. And uh, I think that we're coming to see that if there is something that Jeff Luno needs, it Jim Crane's not going to stop Luno from going out and, uh, and acquiring that or going out and spending that uh, amount of money. So uh, pretty pretty, pretty cool. A little, little nice little stuff from Jeff Luno there. Uh, he also kind of addressed uh, Yulieski Guriel playing uh, first base this year and you know I don't really see it as a problem him playing first base this year and uh, Luno uh, agreed uh, he didn't really see it as a problem but uh, the transition is going to be a uh, be nice for him uh, you know I've always kind of uh, kind of felt like if you can play third base you can play first base the the corner infield positions while they're vastly different I always felt like the transition was pretty easy from third to first Valbuena played third base all the all the damn time, and he's an he's a he was a really good first baseman for the Astros. Same for Margot, but Margot was a little bit you know different just because he played everywhere for the Astros. So he, of course he's going to play a little bit of first base too. But I don't see Guriel having a problem at first base, and I think he could be a a really good plus defender for him. So uh, I, I I look forward to seeing him in spring training and uh, seeing his progression. Uh, Luno also kind of mentioned that there's a few spots up for grabs. Um, and it's the same thing that AJ Hinch mentioned as well, that, you know, he, he wants the, the veterans to be uncomfortable because the young guys are coming for him. Um, and while ne- none of them mentioned like what positions they actually are, um, I don't think there are very many prime roles. I think the only role that of like one through nine that, that could be, had during spring training is probably right field. And while we think that that could be a slam dunk for Nori Aoki, I mean, if if Preston Tucker comes out and blows, not right field, excuse me, left field, if uh, Preston Tucker comes out and blows people out of the water or, you know, or Jake Marisnik or something like that, although I, I think Jake Marisnik is best going to be as a reserve fielder. But, I mean, you understand, if if – if Tyler White comes out and uh, or AJ Reed or something like that, and they have to find a spot for this guy to play, you know, maybe that means they play more DH and uh, Carlos Beltran plays uh, plays some left field. But regardless, I think that's really pretty much the only one through nine position that uh, really is up for grabs is probably left field and uh, probably a few uh, relief spots in the in the bullpen. But everything else seems pretty much locked down by either you know a starter from last year or uh, or an import uh that jeff luno grabbed for this season so i don't really see that many jobs 
but uh, I imagine the left field uh, job battle will be pretty, uh, pretty uh, uh, knuckle knuckles down and uh, you know swinging for the fences. A lot of guys trying to get playing time because um, there aren't that many at bats to go around. Um, so if someone wants at bats, you better beat out Nori Aoki or or uh, you know impress AJ Hinch. So we'll see if anybody can do that. Uh, so of course the, the big talk, uh, at the media luncheon was, uh, was the AL West and, you know, it, of course, uh, AJ, AJ Hinch mentioned it and also Jeff Luno mentioned it as well. And it, it really does feel like it's going to always come down between the Rangers and the Astros and this season, um, it's not going to be any different. I think the Astros are more positioned to handle the Rangers and uh, Jeff Luno will kind of uh, kind of mention this in his in his next topic here, just about how how deep the Astros are and how it could help them um, from prolonged struggles. You know, one of the things that like like Luno mentioned was you know you have Colby Rasmus, you have Carlos Gomez going through these struggles last year. You know, who who are you going to replace them with? There's there's not many other guys on the roster. Most of the other guys on the roster that you could replace them with are all struggling. Uh, you saw the Astros go through so many different guys last year. Uh, bringing up Tony Kemp, Tyler White, uh, Colin Moran, so many different guys. But this year, if the Astros struggle, they've got some proven guys back there that can help. You know, if Carlos Beltran is you know has as is struggling at DH or whatever, or struggling in the field, that's fine. We'll play Evan Gaddis or. You know, we'll, we'll move someone else into DH. You know, if if uh, George Springer is going through a little bit of a lull, well, that might be a little bit of a bad example because it's not like they're going to put uh, Reddick out there or or or, um, or uh, Carlos Beltran. But Nori Aoki could probably play some center field. But the, exactly. Nori Aoki could play some center field. They, they have a bunch of different options where last year they had no options. So you don't have to worry about sticking with Colby Rasmus because you have no one else. You don't have to worry about playing Carlos Gomez 60 games or however many games he played last year just because you have no one no one else. You have more options this season than you've had in years past, and it's only going to help the Astros um, be a better team. Uh, now, the one curious uh, thing that, that I heard from uh, Jeff Luno this uh, during the media luncheon was just how high he was on Brady Rogers. Um, I mean, the right-handed Dallas Keuchel, that seems like a, like a lot to live up for, for any pitcher. Uh, I, I, I don't really know much about Brady Rogers and I, I know about him a little bit from, you know, just reading about him, in baseball, baseball America and stuff like that. But he never really struck me as a guy that was going to do much in the majors. And, uh, he didn't do, much last year of course he's a young guy and he can keep developing but um a right-handed Dallas Keigel yeah that seems like a hell of a lot of hype uh, I'm sure people are hoping he lives up to it uh maybe he will I just I always I thought that was kind of interesting uh, and uh, I don't know if anybody picked up on that but I know I sure as hell did uh, one of the things that, uh, of course, everyone wanted to know was about getting a big arm. And uh, Jeff Leno kind of uh, downplayed that, um, you know, mentioning that, you know, if they need someone in the second half of the season and they're, they're close to being that team that they want to be or whatever, 
that he has the ability to go out and get that person. Uh, this still doesn't mean that, you know, he's not out there looking every day for a deal, which I imagine he is. Um, but it means that, you know, maybe this season, if they are close, they're not going to uh, be sellers like last year where they just traded Scott Feldman. They're like, well, if we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs, but uh, we're not going to give up too much for uh, this this season to try. Uh, that's that of course wasn't what they said, but just kind of what it felt like their attitude was last year. Um, but this year it feels like they're going to be a little bit more aggressive going into that, um, going into, uh, the deadline. If they, if they do see themselves as one of those real true contenders, uh, and the last bit of a uh, last bit of news that our last takeaway that Jeff Leno shared and the last takeaway that I had, uh, was uh, pretty much that he mentioned uh, he, he really sees uh, Dallas Keuchel bouncing back uh, for this upcoming year. And uh, I don't really see that uh, see that as an issue. I always kind of imagined that Dallas Keuchel would come back. I never really envisioned him uh, not bouncing back, but it seemed like there's a lot of uh, a lot of people out there that were equating what he did last year as uh, Dallas Keuchel falling off the rails. And instead of looking at just how much he did in the following year, and a guy that's not used to doing all that stuff, it it took a toll on him. And while it doesn't seem like anyone's you know actually admitting like, yeah, you know what, that playoff run and bringing him back on two three days rest probably a bad idea it does seem like yeah that was a little bit of a bad idea and uh Dallas Keuchel needed some rest and the Astros uh shut him down for the final month of the season and um that was pretty much all she wrote for Keuchel and everyone started judging him like oh lord here we come Dallas Keuchel's gonna go back to his uh when he first came up here five ERA Dallas Keuchel instead of just looking at all the production that Keuchel gave you in the seasons prior. So if you did not look at the, at the Keuchel from the two seasons ago, you're ignorant and uh, you should believe you should believe the Dallas Keuchel will return not to his Cy Young former self, although I'm sure he has that in him, but I mean, Dallas Keuchel with a three ERA. I, I don't see that as a problem uh, this upcoming season. If he's healthy, if his arm is fully healed, I think we should all expect that from Keuchel. Um, so that's pretty much uh, all the takeaways I had from uh, from Jeff Luno. And I um, appreciate you guys for, uh, for uh, um, of course, listening to the podcast. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, start ending the podcast. But we cannot end the podcast without talking about the stat of the day, which is brought to you by, of course, nobody other than the number 115062500 And that number is the amount of money the Astros are spending on their team payroll this year. Uh, you, we all heard Jeff Luno said that it was going to be around the league average and he was exactly right. The league average is, uh, I'm looking on spot track right now. The league average on spot track is 127 million and the Astros are just a couple million dollars underneath that, uh, right below, uh, the Cleveland Indians and the Colorado Rockies the Astros sit 18th with the 18th highest payroll this year. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. 
Uh, Cleveland Indians are at 16, and they made it to the all the way into the World Series last year. Uh, this number just blew my fucking mind when I saw this. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are spending $231 million on payroll this season. That's fucking bananas. And then you got the Detroit Tigers, $195 million. Boston Red Sox, $192 million. These, this, the amount of money that some of these teams spend are more than some countries make on, a, you know, uh, on their gross domestic product. That's insane. Um, I always find it kind of odd. So uh, Texas Rangers are one of the most highest payrolls out there with $161 million. Uh, so just kind of interesting. The Astros spent all that fucking money in the offseason, and they're still only the 18th highest. So kudos for the Astros. Smart spending money on them. But, uh, oh, boy, when those uh, young players start uh, start start coming due for uh, for getting new contracts, um, the Astros are going to eventually be in that $200 million range probably. Uh, so they better start winning some money or we're going to start seeing some, uh, some, uh, some different tunes from the front office, I would imagine. Uh, so that's pretty much all I wrote today. I appreciate you guys for giving us a listen. Uh, this will conclude the little talks that we had from, uh, from the media luncheon and, uh, on Friday, we'll get back and we'll finish out our breakdown series and we'll talk about our, the relief pitchers and just how I see that kind of working out this upcoming season. So I appreciate you guys for giving this a listen. My name of course is Josh Reese. I am your host of the eighth wonder podcast. Uh, you can find all my work on hamiltonway.blogspot.com and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Joshua. So, Thank you guys for giving us a listen. If you know anybody out there that likes Houston Astros chit chat, I'd appreciate you guys for sharing this podcast with them. Um, That's pretty much all I got to say. So I'm going to bounce on out. I appreciate you guys for giving us a listen again, and I will catch you guys later.